I read this uh, a while back, and this may have been something that you prayed this morning. Some of you did. Dear God, so far today I have done all right. I've not lost my temper. I have not gotten mad. I've not been angry. I've not cussed. I've not screamed at anybody, and I've not thrown a temper fit. God, I'm very thankful for that. But in 30 seconds, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to need your help for the rest of the day. We are talking this morning, we're in a series this spring on wisdom, and wisdom is just doing life right. It's doing life well. We're in the book of Proverbs, and this morning, we're going to use a lot of different verses, so you're certainly welcome to try to follow along or follow along the screens. I I really always, taking notes is such a good thing, to take notes, write things down, especially as as we use a lot of scriptures. A lot of times, God speaks to us. Uh, in, in ways through the preacher that may relate something to your personal life. We're going to talk about anger this morning. We're going to talk about anger and temper next week. We're going to talk about the tongue and our speech and our words the two weeks following that. Now, I know I said this Wednesday night, none of you have temper problems. None of you have, have word problems, speech problems, but you know someone who does. Say Amen. Amen. So next week, invite them. Say, the sermon is for you. When they get here and they hear it's on anger, they're going to really be mad, right? But that'll be funny. Anger, anger, anger. I'm going to give you the first thought this morning. Angry people are fools. I said that in the first service and everybody looked at me and you just did too. Isn't that funny? I'm going to back it up. Angry people are fools. Now, before we look at that, and stay with me at least the next three minutes so I can clarify. In Matthew five twenty two, Jesus said something that's really powerful. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. That's the Sanhedrin, the high council of Judaism. But whoever says you are a fool, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. That is strong. In other words, you and I should never call someone a fool. The word fool, now, remember, we're going to be in the Old Testament all morning, but the, the New Testament is written in Greek. The words are very similar, but the, the, the New Testament word fool here means dull. It literally, I know this is an ugly word, it means stupid. I love this. It means that they're a moral blockhead. Isn't that good? A moral, you're morally, you're a blockhead, but here's where it gets ugly. It's godlessness, and it's a disregard for God and the things of God. And Jesus said that you and I, we, we can't see in somebody's heart. And man, you, you don't ever call somebody a fool. So why did the pastor just do that? Well, Proverbs twelve sixteen. again, just leave these verses up. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. The word fool here in the Old Testament means one who despises wisdom. Somebody, you can't teach them anything. They got it all figured out. They mock when they are caught or when they're guilty. They, instead of owning something and owning it, they mock, they make fun of the people who confront them or try to deal with it. They're a mocker. It's a bad thing. They're quarrelsome. They're godless. They're godless. A fool is quick-tempered. The word quick there means short-fused. And, and it's interesting as we look this week and next week, the different Bible words for temper and anger are going to correlate very well to how you understand it anyway. The word 
temper here means anger or wrath or spiteful. A fool, a senseless, godless person is quick-tempered. But a wise person, a person of sense, a person who sense, a person who does life right, who does life God's way, stays calm, stays cool when insulted. Literally, the word calm there, it, it's a significant word. It means they, they conceal things over. They conceal or cover things over for protection. The, a fool blows up, but the wise person is calm. Proverbs 29, 11. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool, the fool, vent, they express and they explode that anger out. They let it out. The word anger there, it's interesting how it could be translated. It could be mind, it could be your spirit. Here it's with anger, and I think with your spirit and your mind. It's literally the picture of that emotional anger where your nostrils flare out when you're mad. The emotional anger. The Old Testament and the New Testament talk about anger in two ways. They talk about the anger. We think of the angry person, just that person who's, who's always who's just mad. And, and then it talks about the hothead, the person who can be nice and love you one day and then blow up and explode on you the next day. And it calls both of these behaviors wrong. The, 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 the smoldering anger or the person who blows up. And God says the person and we will clarify this, that this is the way they do life. They are a fool. Wow, that's powerful. You see, I think in the church, a lot of us, we excuse our anger. We excuse our bad tempers. We justify it in ways we'll look at later. But God doesn't do that at all. Years and years ago, I preached a sermon on anger in Texas. And a person came to church that Sunday who I think in my years there came twice. And and they were known as being kind of a hothead. I didn't know they were coming. I mean, I didn't plan that. Like during the special music, I, that guy's a hothead. I think I'll preach out of pro. I didn't do that. So he comes, and one of our friends probably shouldn't have told me this, but that next week he saw this man in town, and he said, "Well, how was church? How'd you like it?" He goes, oh, the preacher said I was an idiot. Because he's a hothead. And, you know, I was too meek and mild and dumb and young. I didn't know what to say. You know what I wish I would have said? I didn't say was. God did. Because that's the truth. That's really strong. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says the person whose heartbeat and who the steps of their life are angry and flare up, that person's a fool. Now, here's the great hope this morning. You don't have to stay that way. That's not, it's not God's intention that you live and die that way. But here's the second thing that's powerful too. Anger leads to foolish words and behavior. The, the angry person, the person who this is who they are, the Bible says they're a fool. But angry words, uh, anger leads to foolish words and behavior. I saw this, AAA put this out. A while back, and I, and I thought it was pretty good. It's about road rage. Will y'all be honest this morning when we when I ask you some of these? How many of you struggle with road rage? You who are sitting in front of me, let's have some fun with your parents. How many of your parents struggle with road rage? <laughs> RJ, raise your hand. Hi, buddy. Yeah, there you go. Good, good. Okay. Purposely tailgating people. 51% of Americans say they do. We got one. We got one. Do I hear two? We got two. Come on. God's convicting. Hands are going up. Yelling at another driver. 47% of people. You do that. Get out of the way. What are you doing? 
Remember, it's like, it's like being in a tech football game yelling at the official. All you're doing is upsetting the people beside you. He's not hearing you. Honking to show annoyance or anger. 50% do that. Come on. I want to tell you, the only time I really want to honk is when I'm sitting at a green light. Now, you got to hear the verse. Sitting at a green light, and the person in front of me is doing like this. And after about 30 seconds, I give it that Christian bump. Beep. <laughs> Move it. Put your phone up. Okay. Make angry gestures. <laughs> the Lord has shown up. People are being honest. Try to block another vehicle from changing lanes. I have a bitter, angry church, but it's good to know that. <laughs> okay, here's the funny thing this morning. Here, not funny, baby. God says if the settled position of your heart is anger, you're, you're living as a fool. But you can be a normal, healthy person, but if you, if you let anger get a hold of you and, and you flare up, you act foolishly. I act foolishly. You act foolishly. We, we do Proverbs 14, 17. Proverbs 14 says, a short-tempered people do foolish things, and schemers are hated. Short-tempered, again, that's that that quick-tempered person, that one that explodes. The word foolish here is interesting. It means they do silly and dumb and wrong things. And I I hate this last part because it ties a a short-tempered person in with a schemer. People, People who have bad tempers or who blow up, oftentimes are scheming to destroy those people around them. And it says that they are hated. I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm trying to help all of us this morning. If you're a hothead, if you're bad-tempered, and you call your family and tell them you can't come for Christmas, they act like they're upset on the phone. But when they get off the phone, they are saying, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We don't have to deal with the heat miser this year at Christmas. If you know any Christmas stories, that's a great one. Schemers, hot. Listen, people don't respect you. They may fear you, but they don't respect people who are hot-headed and short-tempered. Proverbs twenty-nine twenty-two: An angry person starts fights. The anger there, that's the, the nostrils flaring, the emotional aspect. When you get angry, your breathing intensifies and your nostrils literally flare out. That's what that Hebrew word means. They, they start fights. They start trouble. And a hot-tempered person, listen to this, commits all kinds of sin. The word hot-tempered, that phrase is the, the heat, the furious, just the mad person. And this person commits all kinds of sins. The word sin there means rebellion. It means missing the mark. And, and what, what, what he's saying here, if you're a hothead, if you're a, a, a bad-tempered person, a mad person, you excel in sinning. Isn't that great to hear? I mean, you're not just good at it. You're, all of us are good at sinning. But the hothead is great at sinning. God And God is not honoring these things. He's not saying these things are, are good things at all. In fact, he's telling us they're bad. So here's, what, here's some things I want to tell you. When you and I live with anger, I mean, we're just angry people, or we are the hothead, we cause trouble. We cause division. 
We hurt the organization. We hurt our families. You hurt your wife. You hurt your husband. If you're dating somebody and they're a hothead, put it off or get out of it. It's not going to get better. The, the things don't get better when you get married. Well, I'll marry them, I'll get better. That's just the opposite. They're, they're more magnified. You're angry, you're a hot-headed person, you hurt your church. At some point, you will. You hurt your team, you hurt the universities, you hurt your school. God says when people cannot control their anger, or they just live with that wrath inside of them, they bring a disaster everywhere they go. God says this is wrong, this is terrible. This is a true story. In Gilbert, Arizona, a few years ago, and I'm not going to tell you which election, but it was a presidential election, a lady is arrested for, for vehicular, attempted vehicular homicide for, for running over her husband with her SUV. Some of your ladies going, he probably deserved it. Well, he really didn't. She's taken in, and they start questioning her. Here's what they find out. She was mad at him because he didn't vote in the election. She had told him who to vote for and that he better vote, and he didn't. How many of you men can say nightmare on Elm Street at that house? Good. You know what I would have done? I really would have done this. I would have gone and voted, and I would have gone in the booth and voted for just who she told me not to. And she'd have never. Only God and I would have known, right? That's Christian, isn't it? But I probably would have done that. She runs him over. Now, the great news is it was a suburban, and he kind of slid under, and he was fine. But she said, well, I was just angry, and I thought I'd chase him around the parking lot a little while out in the uh, grocery store parking lot, and he fell, and I hit the gas and ran over him. Just lost my temper like that. So, okay, well, go ahead. That's fine. That's normal. Go ahead and go home. We do crazy stuff. And, and after about age two, nobody thinks it's cute anymore. We do foolish and dangerous stuff. God's, listen, God's putting a warning label out here for us. He says, angry people are fools. You don't have to be that. But God said, a lot of you aren't necessarily an angry person. But when you behave angrily, when you blow up, you are going to do things that you are going to regret you're going to hurt your family. You're going to hurt your friends. You're going to hurt your organization. He's giving you a warning. Th- these, were true, these are true warning labels put on products. And the person who did the article titled this Warning for Fools. Well, I guess they shouldn't have said fools, but it makes sense. On a Duraflame fireplace log, that's a log you buy and put in your fireplace to start your fire. Literally on that, it says caution, risk of fire. On a Batman costume, <laughs> warning, cape does not enable the user to fly. Yep, my daughter would have needed that probably. But on a bottle of hair coloring, <laughs> do not use as ice cream topping. I wonder how many beauticians here have ever been mixing up some black hair dye and go, man, that look really, that tastes really good on the ice cream. I mean... And here's my favorite. On a portable stroller, caution, remove the infant before folding the storage. (laughs) Every year, many infants are crushed by dumb parents. God's warning to us is your anger, is your anger, whether it's your rage or it's just in your heart, is going to cause damage. 
So here's the question of the hour for all of us. What can we do about our anger problem? You go, well, I don't have an anger problem. Get somebody who will be honest with you and ask them if you do. Some of you, your husband or wife aren't going to tell you because you'll get mad, ironically. Call a friend who lives in another state who can hang up and you won't have to see you and ask them, do I have an anger problem? And listen, be honest. Find out what they say. What can we do about our anger problem? Here's the first thing. You have a choice in this. You need to get this. I need to get this. You have a choice in your anger issue. Many years ago, I was teaching a small group, and I was fresh out of seminary, and I was young, and some of the people in the class were older and a little tried to be a little more intimidating. And, and I was preaching, talking. I was, we were discussing anger, and I was, you know, was talking about how anger's not good and all this and that. And, and, and this one guy speaks up, and he goes, Hey, I'm just a hothead. That's who I am. That's who my family are. we just bad-tempered. That's how God made us, yada, yada, yada. And he really kind of shut me down. And I, I, you know, I kind of squirmed around and... and, and uh, you know, tried to answer him, but the bottom line, you know, what I wish I would have said, so you're saying you're a fool. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been funny? Probably not, but that's true. L- l- let me tell you, here's a lie. A lie is that you were born a certain way, and you can't change yourself with the help of God. God, you, you weren't born angry. I know when the doctor spanked you coming out of your mama's womb, you probably were upset, but that didn't create anger issues in you. You weren't born angry. You, you have a choice. Listen to what the Word of God says, Proverbs 14, 29. People with understanding, people who are wise, control their anger because they can control. That word control means to get a handle on something. It means to be slow with it, to be patient. The word anger against that nostrils flaring. They control their anger. They control that blow up that happens. I love Colossians 3.8 in the New Testament. Listen to what it says. Now it's time to get rid of anger and rage and list these other things. The word anger there in the Greek New Testament, literally that, that is the, the mad person. They're just always a little upset. And the word rage is that word for flaring up. Here's what God, God doesn't say. God doesn't say, you're just born a hothead. You're born a fool. You, you're just born this way. You can't change this. You, your dad was this way, so you're going to be this way. He doesn't say this. What God says, if you're serious about following him, he says, I want you to get rid of these things. And, and the word, the, the phrase get rid of is literally like you got on rotten old clothes and you're going to peel them off and throw them away. God said, I want you to get rid of these things. You can. You have a choice. It's hard. It's difficult. We're going to see some more ways to help this week and next week. But I think it starts here. You have a choice in your temper problems. And you're not better looking. You're not smarter. You're not more effective when you're mad. Keep that in mind. Clayton and I had a a professor, and Mary may have had him too, in college, a psychology professor. I remember him telling us a story. He also was a counselor on the side. And he had a family come in. And the dad had a terrible temper. He broke things. He cussed out his wife. He'd scream at the kids. He hadn't got the physical violence, but he was very hot-tempered. And they were fixing a divorce. And the man kept saying, I just can't control this. I can't control it. I can't control it. You know, or she, may, she makes me do it. The kids make me do it. You know, the old excuse that you blame everybody else for your rotten behavior. And so the professor, counselor, here's what he did to him. He said, where do you work? And the guy worked at a factory. He goes, when you go to work and you get mad at your boss, do you cuss him out? 
<laughs> well, no. Do you break things at, at work, at the factory, when you don't like the way things go? So, well, no, I, I don't break things. Do you scream at other people and throw things and tear things up and kick, uh, you know, holes in walls there? No, why, well, I'd get fired if I did that. Bingo. He was a bully. Why? If you can control it at work, you can t- control it at home. Amen? You have a choice in it. And boy, you better believe, and I better believe, the world and God's holding us accountable for it. You have a choice in it. Here's the second thing. Try to figure out why. Why are you angry? What is, where's your temper problem come from? Why, why are you just, and you're helping somebody, why are you just mad? Why do you, why did they blow up so easy? Let me give you a couple of possibilities. Hebrews 12. In Hebrews 12, it talks about the root of bitterness. See, some people are angry because they're just bitter. I mean, they're mad about stuff that happened years ago or, or months ago, and, and they just hold on to that root of bitterness. They're just, they're, they're just bitter people. Maybe it's what you've seen modeled. My dad was a hothead. My mom was a hothead. And, and listen, I hope, I hope your family was great, but nobody's family's perfect. And, and so if your mom or dad or whatever, if they had a temper issue or whatever, it's okay to say, you know what, I want to be like them in a thousand ways, but not in this way. Because my mom and my dad are not my perfect model. Jesus is. You, you can't, why are you, why are you a hothead? Is it because that's what you saw model? Are you just a bully? See, uh, anger and temper is a bully tactic too. Because if I can get mad and intimidate you, I can get my way. Why, why, why do we act this way? You know, there's an old saying too, hurt people hurt people. People who've been hurt hurt other people. I think hurt people are angry, angry people. What's happened in your life that's made you mad that you hadn't let go of? Think about it this way. If you were to cut your finger, cut it pretty bad, and you, you clean it out, you, you, you wrap it up, but for the next two weeks, somebody shakes your hand, even eat, oh, they high-five you, it hurts, and, and they're not really even doing anything, but, but it's exaggerated because there's, it's sore and it's wounded. That's what happens a lot of times with our anger and our temper People aren't really doing that much to us. It's just we've got something here we hadn't worked through. Why are you angry? Here's a, a, another thing, and I, it goes to, with this. Get help. Man, get help. Get, get help from other people to, to help you figure out what's going on. Proverbs twelve fifteen is a great verse. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. If you want to be better you're going to have to listen to other people and learn from other people. Proverbs 19, 20, and Proverbs just is choke full of these verses. Listen to advice, accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Listen, you got an anger problem, a temper problem, seek out people. We, we've got Brandon on our staff, a professional counselor, a Christian, a licensed professional counselor who can help you. And, and some of you need, Brandon, I think everybody ought to go to counseling once a year anyway. But if you've got a temper problem, man, see somebody who can help you figure it out. Listen, here's the problem. If you don't get this under control, you're going to mess your life up in other people's. You may already have. You can stop. And, and some of you are going, well, it's not me. Well, 
do a little backtracking. If everywhere you go there's a trail of blood, it may be you. And you think, well, you know what? I'll get out of this marriage and I'll marry somebody else. But if you take your same temper into that, you have the same problems. Well, I'll switch jobs. You switch jobs. If you're still a hothead, you're taking your, your anger into that. Well, I'll switch churches. If you're still a hothead, you're going to cause problems there. Well, I'm going to move. The only common denominator in every part of your life is you. You need to get you fixed if you're going to fix your problems. And here's the last thing. Go to Jesus. It's not the last thing. It's the fundamental thing. And this isn't spiritualizing. I'm telling you, this is the, this is the ultimate thing that we need. When the root of anger problems are spiritual. I believe that with all my heart. Let me repeat that. The root of anger problems, there may be psychology, sociology, physiology involved, but the root of a lot of anger problems are spiritual. And, and if you have a temper that's uncontrollable, you may not know Christ. Galatians 5 Verse 19 through 21, listen to this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, this talking about is a pattern, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. See, we would look at some of those and go, yeah, man, preach it. That's those people out there that do bad. But he goes on. But jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, divisions, envy. Go ahead and flip over in other sins like these, let me tell you, if this is who you are living this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know what he's saying there? If that's the pattern of your life, you don't know Christ. You go two verses forward, Galatians 5, and 23, but when the Holy Spirit lives in you, he produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control, just the opposite. You see, anger, uncontrolled anger and temper issues may be a sign that you've never been born again. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, If any man is or any person is in Christ, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Maybe today what needs to happen is you need a new heart put in you. That'll change your temper. But I know as a Christian, it still can be a struggle. That's where we have to stay close to Christ. Ephesians 5.18 is a great verse. It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. How many of you got drunk last week? I'm just teasing. I did that to them in the first service, kind of freaked them out. Did you get drunk last night? Raise your hand before, you know, before they thought about it. Okay. If you've never been drunk, follow me. If you have, you know where I'm going. A drunk person is controlled by alcohol. Just to, depending on how much they've had, they're controlled by alcohol. God says, I don't want you to be controlled by alcohol or your temper. I want you to be controlled by the Spirit. If you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit, don't be filled with alcohol, thus controlled by it, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and controlled by this. Listen, this is such an important concept. We, we talk about being spirit-filled, and people get mystical. Spirit-filled is synonymous with being spirit-controlled. When you're controlled by Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that's when you're filled with the Spirit. And, and here's the problem. You're saved. you got the Holy Spirit. Many of us just got him bottled up in our big toe. Let him loose. 
Have your prayer time. Read your Bible. Stay close to Christ. Let the Spirit fill you. And when the Spirit fills you, it's amazing how that anger and that temper stuff starts to dissipate in your life. Let the Spirit fill you. Your temper will, will, will destroy your life. Let Jesus have you and let Jesus control you. And the more and the closer you stay to him, by far the better you'll do moving forward. And boy, there's a lot that depends on it. Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, I pray and I hope that that you will do whatever you need to do to get things right with God, to get your temper under control if that's your issue this morning. If you're not a Christian, you're unsure if you are, but you're ready to give your life to Christ today, pray with me. Pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I want to repent of my sins. And Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention. We're going to stand in just a second. And when we do, I want to challenge you to respond today. Maybe you just ask Jesus in your life or you're ready to. Come today and give your life to Christ. You want to talk after church, some of us will be over here at this door. Don't leave the building today without crossing the line with Jesus. Maybe you'd like to join the church. You can do that after church too, or you can come when we sing. You need a church family. We would love to be that if God's leading you here. You're a Christian. Some of you are doing well here. Listen, stay on top of it because it is a daily thing. Some of us aren't doing very well. And we need to repent. We need to make some phone calls today and apologize. Maybe you want to come pray at the altar, pray with the minister. But listen, Christian, take this seriously and get this right with God today. Let's stand as the Lord leads you. You come. We'll be waiting on you. Lord, I come and I come.